join. Kids, thanks so much for sharing that song with us. Getting excited about Christmas, yes? Yeah, what are you guys most excited? Let me hear from a couple of you. What are you? Christmas is tomorrow. That's right. Presents, basically presents. That is good. What else? Jesus, absolutely. Jesus is the goodest present of all. I agree. Yeah. The Savior was born. Man, well, there's a lot of things to be excited about, right? Gifts. I'm excited about gifts, too. I love giving gifts and getting some gifts as well. But we're excited about Jesus. And we're going to read a story uh, that gets us at the center of Christmas. Now, I brought my storybook here. And as you can see, how's this book look? It looks a little old, huh? doesn't even have a cover on it anymore. That's because we've gone through this with four of our kids, and my kids love this. And so, uh, but right in the center of this storybook is the wonderful story of Christmas. So I'm going to share it with us. We're going to read it together. I think there's going to be some pictures on the screen as well. But this is called He's Here. I'll show you all the pictures. He's Here. Okay, here's what it says. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. Look at the picture again of her being frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said. And he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed, I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Here's the next scene. Sure enough, 
it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, a town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and donkeys and horses stayed. Yuck, yeah. And there in the stable amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows and the yuck, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. And that is the story in the center of our Bible about Christmas, that in all of the things that we're excited about, right, Jesus is right there in the middle. So as we're around our tree, as we're opening gifts, as we're eating lots of good food, all of those things, what we hope we'll remember is that God is with us, and he came through his son, through the baby, laid in that manger, named Jesus. Right? All right, kids. Thanks for joining me for story time. Okay? Thanks for singing the song. You guys can go back to sit with your parents for just a little bit. Yeah, how about those kids? Thanks, kids, for joining us for the Christmas story. The Christmas story. What's the story this year? Um, I'm not talking about, right now, the unchanging story that we just read about. Um, but what is your story this Christmas? This is now, for me, uh, Christmas number 38. Uh, and so what that means is some of you have seen more Christmases than I. But it also means that I've been around to see uh, some change in the Christmases I've experienced. You know, many of us, uh, well, I guess we were all like kids once. We all were kids once. And so we remember the excitement as children that Christmas used to be as we wake up maybe at, uh, like I did at 7 a.m. Or I'd wake up at 6 a.m., but my parents would say, stay in bed until 7 a.m. And then we'd kind of sneak out and want to see all that the morning was going to bring. And so there's that Christmas as a child. And then uh, I can remember uh, maybe like you can, that first Christmas together. You remember that? when uh, Whatever that looked like for you, but maybe you got matching sweaters and exchanged them and had a little Christmas cuddle. And, and then there was baby's first Christmas. Baby's first Christmas. I mean, we've got some baby's first Christmases coming up here uh, in our babies here. And maybe it's uh, second baby's first Christmas or third baby's first Christmas, and I don't know about you, but I see a lot more Christmas ornaments for the first baby uh, on the tree than second or third or fourth. It just kind of tends to go that way. 
Um, but I was, uh, you know, and then you kind of reach the Christmas where, uh, like now, I'm now that parent that is in bed, and the kids are coming in and saying, just 15 more minutes, kids, 15 more minutes. I was talking to my mother, who is uh, 75 years old this past week, and uh, this is her first Christmas after 55 years of hosting Christmases in her home. She's going to my sister's house, and that's a, a change that comes sometimes. Um, maybe it's a Christmas where somebody is not there anymore, and you're missing somebody. It's just different than it was. Uh, what's the story this Christmas? Uh, the reality is there's always a lot of changes in our stories. Uh, that's just part of life. And that is why it is so important to know that uh, the story of Christmas, God's story that he's written, uh, is unchanging. No matter what is changing in our circumstances. Let, let's read that story one more time from the Bible. Luke chapter 2. It will be on the screen. I'll read it for us. Uh, here's what it says. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's what the story says in the Bible and the scripture and God's word that he's given to us. It has been adapted maybe in many ways for uh, kids over the years, but the story remains unchanging. I just want to look at that story for uh, just a couple minutes here. Now, I was a science major. I wasn't an English major. So the extent of my analysis is uh, the five W's, okay? Who, what, when, where, why. So let's start with the who, okay? With the who in the story, God, as he wrote the story, he could have chosen anyone, right? But who did he choose? We read about Mary, and maybe God looked and he said, if I can find a 13-year-old girl who would be obedient, she would be useful. And she was. She was willing to be used. And I love that about Mary. Maybe my favorite is Joseph, this guy who just finds out his fiance is pregnant with a child. She comes with a story that an angel came to him. Then the angel of God comes to him, and he just walks this out in obedience. I love Joseph because I think about what it would take to faithfully walk in obedience. Um, but then again, maybe my favorite is, is the shepherds, because shepherds of that day, they weren't anything glorified in their profession. They were just kind of the ordinary, everyday working guy or woman out in the field. And so uh, the shepherds, it says, are included in God's story. It continues in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, uh, where we read about in that region, the shepherds that were out, they were keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, of course, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, and how true that must have rang for those shepherds because they were passed over by society. They were the outcasts. They lived in Bethlehem outside of the city, but this news would be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And so maybe the shepherds are my favorite, or maybe it's, it's the wise men uh, who come late to the scene from a faraway land, never should have been part of God's story at that time. They were pagans from a, a different culture, different place, but yet they come following a sign that God had given them, and they come, and they bow down, and they worship, and they bring their gifts. Uh, these are the who of God's story. I don't know if we were writing the story, if we would include that list of characters. Uh, let's go on to the what. Uh, we read about this. It's, it's a king coming, God himself coming to the earth, but and not in the way that we might expect. The what is the birth of a baby born into a place. Yes, mountains should have bowed, trees could have clapped, oceans should have roared, but he came quietly in the birth of a baby. Where? To Bethlehem, a town outside of the city of kings. Jerusalem was the city of kings. Bethlehem was outside in this obscure town. There wasn't even room in the inn to the feeding trough of the cows and the donkeys is where the baby came into the yuck, as one of our kids proclaimed. He came into the yuck, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When? Why did God send his son into the world 2,000 years ago? Uh, of all the time, why not 3,000 years? Why not 4,000 years? Why not uh, when his people were in silence for 400 years waiting? Why not uh, 1,000 years later? What was so special about that time? Well, at that time, God, in his plan, knew just the right time when even though the Romans were oppressive, they had united the world together in that place where there were roads where news could travel. There was a, a single language being spoken where the message could go. And in that time, God knew just when to send his son to have the greatest impact on the world. And why? It doesn't say in the Christmas story exactly why, but in the whole of the story, in the whole of the Bible, we're told why. And John 3.16 says it probably clearest of all, because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Why did God send his son? Because he so loved the world. He so loved everybody. And so the way that God wrote the story, maybe you and I would do different, but God wrote the story in such a way for a specific purpose. I don't know how we like to live our Christmases. I think sometimes in our, our decorations, we get a picture of uh, how we would like to picture Christmas. Uh, I don't know what the decorations are like in your house, but maybe like in my house, you have uh, a Christmas village that gets set up. Uh, every year, we, when we bring down the decorations, we put a, pull out all the houses out of their boxes, and we set up on the kitchen counter. Uh, it's a long kitchen counter, but that's where the Christmas village goes, and my wife takes great care to set it up. There's only one problem, is that every other time of year, except for these uh, about 30 days in December, um, that is kind of our junk counter. Uh, you know the junk counter? Uh, it's the place where kind of the mail gets said and uh, doesn't always get cleared that week. Uh, it's the place where when you're rushing out of the house, the coffee cup gets it down, where the cell phone goes, where, where all those beautiful drawings that our kids bring home get, uh, get put and stack up there. And so uh, there's a little bit of problem because now there's a Christmas village there. And we don't have another junk counter, so uh, kind of uh, cell phones end up in the village, coffee cup ends up there in the village. 
And we kind of have a, a famous say. My wife will say, like, uh, so when did the village get a big coffee cup uh, next to the candy shop? And uh, I, there's no junk in the Christmas village. At least there's not supposed to be. We like to keep our Christmas village pristine. If we were writing the story, maybe we would make the Christmas story a little bit more pristine. Maybe the bigger city. Maybe in the nicer place. Maybe we would see the story a different way. But you know, there's a reason that God wrote the story the way that he did. The reason that he chose to send his son in the simple way that he did. To obscure people. To ordinary people. To humble people. To a dirty place. Because the, the wonderful truth of the Christmas story that God's given us is this. Is that he came to anyone. He came to anywhere. And he comes at any time. And so when we look at the Christmas story, it's not just to the pristine, to the junk free. But no, God comes to the dirty. God comes to the broken. God comes to the hurting. God comes to the forgotten. And this is the Christmas story. And the reason that God carried it out this way and wrote it down for us to remember is because he wants us to know that. That wherever we are in our story, he still breaks in. No matter what it is that's going on in your story, no matter what changes are going on, no matter what you're feeling right now, God sent his son the way that he sent him so that you would know that we could remember that you could learn, that you could discover that he'll be there. And he's not afraid to step into the yuck. He's not afraid to step into the mess. He's not afraid to step to you and I. And so as we go into celebrating the remainder of our Christmas season, and my prayer for each and every one of us is that no matter what Christmas looks like for us this year, whether it's the midnight madness that is uh, forthcoming, whether it's the 7 a.m. excitement and cheers and joys around the tree, whether it's that Christmas cuddle, whether it's in the moment of missing, that you remember that whatever your story is, that God's story fits right into it. God's story fits your story. He came to be with us. His name is Emmanuel he is God with us. We call him that because we know that he's right here with us. He's right here with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, that you so love the world, that you so loved us, that you knew exactly how to write the story. God, we want to recognize that you are the creator, that you are sovereign God, that you are almighty, that you are the great author of all things, and you are the great author of our lives, and you knew what we would need in this Christmas 2016. You know what's going on in our lives. You know what we're looking forward to or not looking forward to. And so, God, you broke in. You came down because you love us. You see us now. You hear us. So I pray for each person here, for each family that's represented here, maybe for each family member that is missing from here, 
that you would just reach out to us all over again. That you would remind us of your great story and remind us that we still have a place in your story. I thank you for the simple way that you came to remind us that you still love each and every one of us, that you come to anyone at any time, anywhere, and you want to come to us now.